joining us, one of our favorite contributors, longtime contributor, a fill-in host on the show, uh, Mr. Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, Terry, good morning. It's a beautiful day out today. Nice time to be outside. It is. Well, you know, I was just thinking during this break, you're not the most avid ice fisherman in the world. Getting you on the ice can take some doing. But if there's a puddle big enough to cast to, no matter what time of the year is it, you're probably out fishing it. Yes, sir. And it's no secret, uh, in my opinion, ice is for keeping your catch cold and your cocktails. But uh, not my thing. And it's just, a, you know, I get it. It's very effective. A lot of people love it. In fact, some of the most passionate anglers I know are hardcore ice guys, just not my gig. But the beauty is we have options uh, for open water. I'm not talking about ice, you know, ice out type open water. I'm talking about holes in the water, as you're referencing, or holes in either the ice or in the river that are exposed to enough sun that they stay open year-round. And that's where I find my solace and keep myself sane. And uh, and you have options. And a lot of that can be where there's an inlet running. First example, um, the inlet here at Horsetooth is running right now. It's keeping a small section of water open. There will be some fish in there. Now, understand that inlet turns on and off depending on time. So you need to call ahead. But there is an option to fish the open water around the inlet, and you can do a lot of stuff there. You might even catch a bunch of species. Same thing with really any of the reservoirs up and down the front range where there's any sort of a little inlet will keep enough running water, and it will draw fish from under the ice to that area. So it's a good spot to fish, even if it wasn't the only spot you could fish, if that makes any sense. So that's the first one I think about. And I want to take a half step backwards and say I'm always going to be targeting the trout more than the bass or the walleyes or anything else through that hole in the ice because they're the ones that are going to be most active in the coldest water, and I'm a big fan of fishing for what's biting. So we're, this whole rest of the segment will be referencing trout specifically, even though you might catch a few others. Uh, a more common scenario for people, particularly up and down the front range, is open water in one of the rivers right in town, and that could be the Poudre River here in Fort Collins. It could be... The Platte River through downtown Denver, which I know is open in a lot of areas. It could be the Arkansas River down in, in Pueblo. Uh, but all of that water is open, and the, everyone thinks fly fishing, fly fishing, fly fishing. And I get it. That's a that's a great way to catch them in the winter. But if you're not a fly fisherman, it doesn't mean you can't go catch them with your spinning rod. And I also want to point out that Troy Coburn, who you know very well, is one of the best anglers in the state of Colorado, uh, and I did a TV show where we did nothing but swing streamers in February in the Platte River, and we smashed them. So you're not even really pigeonholed into the, the old nymph and bobber rig that, that everyone thinks about for wintertime fishing. I get that's very effective, but it's certainly not your only choice. And the key there, in my opinion, for winter in these open sections of river, anywhere they are, it seems like bottom contact or being very near the bottom with your presentation all the time will catch you a considerably more fish than if you're lifting a bait off the bottom or swimming it up and over the top of the fish. And so for me, it's little tiny jigs on little tiny line and little tiny rods and literally keeping them as tight to the bottom as I can, either tickle jigging them as they drift where they just tickle the bottom, or if I'm in an area where I can straight drag them like sandy areas, then I'm going to do just that. And some of my best days have been dragging a little tiny, like an inch and a half long jig on a 16th ounce jig head and dragging it on the sand. And you can watch trout just swim right over and pick it up like they've never seen anything in their life. And it's extremely effective. Uh, I, I got I couldn't agree with you more. And I, you and I both fly fish and conventional fish. 
But a lot of times, the convention, the fly fishing, because there are sections that have ice, you're fishing holes in the river or holes in the lake, can be difficult to, to fish with a fly rod. And, and you probably would do so much better with conventional, especially if if you, um, especially if you're not the most advanced fly caster in the world. It's so much easier to fish some of those small spots and that open water flowing through town. Just always be sure, of course, that if you're fishing an area that has regulations, it could be flies and lures only. You can still conventional fish it. You just have to change your presentation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the points I was going to get to. You got to keep in mind some of the, particularly the tailwater areas, can be flies and lures only, and that's fine. There's a lot of options in the crappie buster lineup or uh, or several others for like a one-inch tube jig, excellent call. A uh, little unscented tube jig, fantastic call. Um, the late Charlie Myers and I did that one time, fishing little inch and a quarter long tube jigs on 16-ounce jig heads and nuked them with it. Uh, really good call. Another option is a little tiny marabou jig, um, but a little tiny one. We're not talking about like a big old eight-ounce jig. I'm talking about like a 16-ounce, a sparse, Little marabou jig, fantastic. And you, of course, throw that wherever you want and, uh, in terms of flies and lures only, and it's a really good call. The, the, the big thing you mentioned about the fly fishing, I don't care how good of a fly fisherman you are, if you can't get out to the hole in the river because of a shelf or something, it's going to be difficult to get a clean drip. With the spinning rod, I can do that. I can maybe throw over that stuff, and I can have a little bit more control of what's going on. I'm not quite so dependent on a drift. And that can be key. The, the other thing I see, like in the Poudre River, for instance, is there's sections of the river, even though it is not a tailwater, if you drive up the canyon, if you, anybody looking at Google Earth can tell where there's going to be open water based on the sun and the mountains, right? And so there's big sections of the Poudre, even up in the canyon, that are open and fishable right now, even though we've had a very cold, yucky winter. Uh, that are open water, and you can fish, and the trout love those, that sunny stuff. And, and I'm looking for runs. I don't just really want the deep plunge pools because those often will have ice on them. I don't want riffles because the water's too cold, and fish will burn a bunch of energy to sit there, and they don't have the metabolism or the food sources in the winter for that. So I like the runs where they can get maybe from one to three feet deep, get good even current flow, and uh, and that's what I like to work with. And then, I, like I said, it really comes down for me more than anything else, not what I'm throwing, but how tight I keep it to the bottom. And that was the same even when Coburn and I filmed the streamer thing in the Platte River uh, in the middle of wintertime. Those streamers were on fluorocarbon uh, leaders so that they will stay down. And somebody's going to say, because fluorocarbon stinks, of course, even in cold water. Somebody's going to say, well, you could just use a weighted streamer, and you could, but you'll snag it a lot more because it's point-loaded. It's got all the weight in one spot. So if you use a little bit lighter weight streamer, keep it sparse, and then keep a uh, fluorocarbon leader, then that thing will stay down plenty tight to the bottom without necessarily snagging a whole bunch. And it's a lot simpler to rig and fish than, say, a two- or three-fly stack and then a, you know, a piece of weight and a strike indicator, eight knots in there, the whole nine yards. It might be 20 degrees out. Maybe I don't want to tie knots and 6X tip it. So it's a much cleaner presentation to just have a small stream on the end of your fly rod. And, and again, I want to emphasize it needs to be small and, and uh, to say, some degree hydrodynamic because I need it to stay down 
but I don't want it to be too heavy so that I snag it because I can't work it really fast in the winter. So it needs to stay as tight as it can to the bottom and continuously moving, and you will catch them. And that's the same thing with the jig. And almost all I throw in the winter on a, fly, or on a spinning rod is some sort of a small jig. That's very rare. I'll throw anything else, maybe a big warming front. I might throw a little, a little tiny hard plug like a number three or a number five. Uh, hit stick, but and that's got a diving bill, so it'll dive itself to the bottom and stay fairly tight. But realistically, to keep it simple, get some jigs. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's just a great. Pro- I wrote an article. Gosh, it's over 30 years ago, maybe more, for Fishing Facts magazine. You're getting old, about, <laughs> yeah, I know about using marabou, which you mentioned, marabou jigs versus fly fishing in a lot of these rivers and how effective that marabou jig was and how easily you could control it. And the other nice thing about this chat, and we're going to run out of time, is that right now there are options. Like you mentioned tailwaters. There's open streams through town. There's like Lake Estes where the water comes out of the treatment plant into the lake. There's open water there. But as we progress over the next couple months, the opportunities are going to grow. So it's a great time to get out and do it. And the trout fishing, it can be some of the best trout fishing of the year. Well, in my opinion, it probably is the best trout fishing here, particularly in the, around the reservoir inlets and, and some place like uh, like you're taking it up at St. Mary's. Um, you know, because a big fish will nose into that inlet, they're not getting any real fishing pressure. They've got the running water, and keep in mind, rainbows are all on their pre-spawn, rainbows and cutbows. So even if you're talking about all the fish that were stocked last year in fall. They might only be, have been stocked as, as 8 to 10 inches, but they probably grew 6 inches or close to 6 inches over the 8 months they've been in the lake. And therefore, they're significantly bigger now. And there's a whole bunch of them. And they're not still very bright because they haven't been in the lake for a whole summer of fishing yet. So they can be some of the easiest fishing as well. And I heard your last segment, too. You do need to layer up for real. And the last thing I'm going to say is if you can stay out of the water, stay out of the water. It's so much warmer if you stay. And, and that's the other reason I like the spinning rod is same reason during runoff when the river's high and muddy. I don't want to wade around in it. It's dangerous. And I, I just not a fan. And so better if I could stay off on stable ground and cast in the water, especially when it's cold and hypothermia is a real thing. All right, my friend, we're out of time, but great, great segment. We'll be talking to you again really soon. All right. Thanks very much. You guys have a great day.